Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of the 34 Sports Podcast. I'm joined once again by Randy. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Excited. Yeah, I've been excited all week. I mean, with that first pick, I just, I was, I mean, if you watch the video, I was just losing my mind. I was not expecting that. I mean, anybody who listened to the podcast last week, uh, I was rooting for not six. I was really pessimistic. <laughs> I was... I think I made the I think I made the statement anything above seven. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're yeah. I'm super thrilled. This is the most excited about any of our sports teams in a long time. Yeah. So really excited. Yeah, we haven't had this much excitement since the uh, Lions lost the only playoff game they played in a decade. Uh, yep. Yep. But, yeah. but even then, I didn't think they were going deep. I was just happy to be in the playoffs. I think. We're going to slowly build in championship contenders here. And with a good free agency coming up in two years, that should be a lot of fun. I mean, one more big superstar piece, and we're there. Well, I mean, if we draft Cade, which is pretty much a no-brainer, I think we're already there with the superstar. He's Ben Simmons that can shoot. He's 6'8 at the point. I mean, the only real points I can think that are 6'8 is you got Luka Doncic, and you've got, well, Ben Simmons is 6'10, but that's kind of uh, up in the air right now. And you've got, uh, yeah. who else was I thinking? Another six. Oh, a mellow ball at six, seven. Right. But that's the yeah. new breed of point guard you're going to see coming in. It's going to be hard to hard to guard and hard to, hard to play against. Well, that's the same thing. But, uh, yeah, yep. it's going to be fun to watch. I really hope J- Detroit drafts Kate. I mean, Jalen Green does look very good, but uh, that top five in the draft class looks pretty loaded this year. You got... You got Cade, then you got Green, then you got Suggs, right. Kamanga, and Mobley. Well, Mobley's lower than I should have said him. He's like second or third pick, probably. Yeah. But I'm excited. I mean, I haven't. If you look at the YouTube channel, I put out a video every day this week. I've been on top of it. I've been. That's the main ambition. We finally got something to cheer for. And the crazy thing is, you and I talked about this in the last podcast, is that Reaver did this. Weaver, excuse me, did this in a year. Yeah. In one year, he completely flipped that roster, opened up cap space, and got a bunch of got a young, good core in a year. Yeah, that's amazing. The only person on the roster from before he showed up is Seku, and Seku was on there for a year prior to that. <sighs> well, I uh, Seku, I'm starting to give up hope on him. I'd but... like to see him come off the bench just to see what he could do. Uh, we're going to be yeah. more serious this year, especially if you draft Cade. You'll have Jeremy definitely starting at the four. You're not going to see Seiko. Yeah. But yeah. if they can give him 10, 12 off the bench, see what he could do. Maybe he could grow into something. I mean, I've said yeah. in the past that him and Hayes played together over in France prior to him getting drafted. Like, they were pro together already. So, yeah. A French it's, hard to, it's hard to remember to that Seiko is just so young. Yeah, he's like 19, like, you know, maybe 20. Now. You know. We've been watching him for two years now, and yeah, he's only 19 years old. So it's even now, it's still a little too early to give up on him. But I'm, I, I've lost some hope in him. Yeah, and really, honestly, he, but he was the hope to a year ago. I still got more faith in him than I had in Stanley Johnson for the longest time. So <laughs> I mean, it, it could be worse. We just got to remember that it could be a lot worse. I mean, we had, yeah, uh, just to list a few: Stanley Johnson, Henry Ellison. Brandon Knight, yep. Jurabko. I'm gonna stop because I could look uh, by ten more, but 
Uh, yeah, we've had it, a lot worse, so I'm fine with saying. And Stan Van kept healed. the option on Ellison to give him ten million a year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The only so, thing yes, with Seiku. The only thing with Seiku is I remember that game against Boston. He had like six threes for twenty four points. So he's got it in him. Maybe it wasn't six. It was at least five. But he was going off that game, and then he just fell off a cliff from that point forward. Yeah, and he had that memorable dunk. Remember. Yeah. He had, yeah, yeah, he had like three games there where he was going off, and I was like, well, here it finally shows up, and then it yeah. went down. But one thing you got to remember, too, is that there was no G League last year for them guys either. Seiko could have really done for some G League time. So is it is it crazy? If I, Can I make a crazy proposal to you? Go ahead. And you might think I'm crazy. A, a move that might work for the Pistons, right? Mm-hmm. I, first of all, I don't think they should do this, but I just want you to think about this with me. What about making a move for Ben Simmons? Now, there's nothing I would want to give up for him. I'm not giving up any of our rookies from last year. <laughs> if you want, hey, if you want Plumley, all right, that's the move I'd make. Yeah. His contract is awful, and he's got to work on his shot. But I think Simmons would be a good fit on Pistons for this reason. They got shooters in Sadiq, and we know that Cade's going to be able to shoot as well. Even Isaiah can shoot a little bit from the mid range and from three. We, you know, he would just be in there to shore up the four spot and play some good defense for us. Yeah. What would you think about a move like that? I'm sold on Cade Cunningham being the next Ben Simmons, but like with better intangibles than Ben Simmons. <laughs> I really don't think we need to move on Ben Simmons. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've, it is a dra- It is kind of a buy low situation though, because nobody really wants him right now. But right. I mean, I think it's kind of like that. You put on like a a. It's like a makeup or something, like something on your face just to cover up. Because I think most teams would like Ben Simmons. They just don't want to act like they want Ben Simmons. It's right. kind of like that. I don't um, – but Ben's got some stuff to work out. And I heard Eddie Johnson talk today on SiriusXM that um, he thought he should have went and played for Australia because it, it's not that he can't shoot in a gym. It's that he lacks it in a game. He thinks he should have been out there getting used to game shots. Uh, but he didn't right. do it. I don't know with Ben Simmons. I'm he's gonna have to really work his way back because I've I, I mean I don't know if I'll record the video anymore. I don't know, but I had a, I have a video lined up possibly where I compared him to Roy Hibbert just because of the amount that he fell off. Wow. At the same yeah, time. yeah, remember everyone was thinking Roy Hibbert was gonna be this absolute stud superstar. Wait, They're right. They, they do have the same similar career trajectories. Yeah. Except Simmons, yeah. even in his mediocrity, probably could still play basically the same game next season and still make an all-star. So it's... Right. I mean, he's already an all-star. It's just that if he does these other things, he could take it to star-superstar level. Right. I don't know if it's going to be on another team because I don't know if the Embiid-Simmons thing really works because they both want the paint. But um, what? Well, you're right about one thing. They need the cap space to get somebody else in there. And so they're probably going to fire sale him out of there. They're probably going to trade him for, you know, <laughs> some, this is a little a bit of cash by baseball bats. This is a good transition <laughs> to a trade I saw today. Yeah. they okay. had, People are talking a possible trade Dame and somebody else for Ben Simmons and somebody else with picks included if Dame wants out, because there's a possibility the people have been talking. I know I've said before that most of the media comes out of L.A. and New York, so you take it with a grain of salt. 
But right. it seems like it's adding up more and more that Dame's not really that happy in Portland, which is, I don't know. I'm Today, Cha- Chauncey just basically got hired, so it kind of makes me sad. Chauncey coming in and already some upheaval already. I don't, right. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, I know. And I honestly, I would, if I was a player like Dame, I would love having a player coach like Chauncey, someone who definitely understands the game. You know, and you know what this would mean for Portland too. If if they pulled this off, and here's why I don't think this that trade would happen, because one, <clears throat> that would be a horrible trade for Portland receiving Ben Simmons. Even if they got like four first round picks, Philadelphia is going to be at, you know a top team for years now, uh, right? And so this, you're going to get like twenty something picks. I think you kind of double back on yourself, though, because you were talking about Simmons on the Pistons, and Portland has the same we, type of assets, though, because they have CJ I, who can shoot, you've got Roku yeah. that can shoot, and you've got Derek Jones Jr., and even Nurkic can pull. So, Well, I even said I wasn't even willing to give up Killian Hayes for... Uh, I agree that, Killian yeah, Hayes. I get that. Yeah, I'm not trying to yeah. paint you in a corner, but, I mean, it is somewhat of the same thing as, like, if he went to the Pistons. Yeah, I think if he'd be a help to the Pistons as long as we're not giving up our future. Yeah. But I think if you do that in Portland, it's you're immediately in rebuild. It's rebuild mode. Yeah. You know? Because you got CJ McCollum. Aging. I, don't, I think CJ's on the edge of 30, which isn't... I mean, yeah. he's right in the middle of his career, but he's the yeah. downturn's probably two, three years from now. And one of the reasons why CJ's playing so great is because Dame's the number one. And if you take that away, it's going to be on CJ to score. Yeah. Another shot from... And he's not you know? Steph Curry. I mean, Steph's done it without Clay, but he's not Steph right. Curry by any means. He's a good player, yeah. but he, his career really was pretty anticlimactic until he hit Portland. He didn't. Yeah, I would. Lot. I would be shocked if that happened. If that happened, I think Philadelphia would be. Maybe not my. Yeah, maybe. Maybe my favorite to win a championship. The whole if system that changes if they bring Damon, because you don't have yeah. an excessive uh, punch it down low. I mean, you've got that. Uh, you can get it to him, B, but you also the post up kickout would be deadly because Embiid would be trying to post up and debate. You kind of have to double. You got to put a man and a half on Embiid while he's posting up, and then you can't pull somebody off a of Dame because he'll kill you. They also got Seth Curry there. Uh, Tobias, Tobias can hit. Uh, who else do they yep. got? I'm trying to think Man, of that, starting five, but um, yeah, those guys are the main teams. shooters. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I gotta see more about it. I keep seeing it add up. Maybe if it a few more things add up to say that Dame's going leaving, I might consider it. But right now, I'm kind of on the fence. Well, let me put it to you. You're Portland GM, right? Yeah. There, someone's offering you Ben Simmons and their next five draft picks. Are you taking it? If they give me three draft picks, I'm taking it first rounders. Uh, not from Philadelphia. If it was like OKC or something, I'd do it. That's true. But, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. that's tough, though. That's a tough situation. Yeah, I see what you're saying too. Like, I think Ben Simmons is going to thrive in a situation where he doesn't have to be the scorer, right? And he's got it in him, though. That's the sad part. Well, I know he can. He can make runs to the basket. He I like. He's actually pretty good at it. Yeah. I wish he would get more aggressive with things like that, but he's afraid to shoot the free throw, so he won't do it. Yeah. In my video I posted, I mean, uh, about Philly, um, he was um, in that summer league and in the rookie-sophomore game, which rookie-sophomore game is basically no defense, like an all-star game, but still he 
He had like 25-30 in that rookie sophomore game. Yeah. I feel bad for him. But uh, from what I'm hearing, though, he doesn't have a lot of work ethic. Philly's uh, hard to play for, too. Philly's like a yeah. Boston or a New York or even L.A. out doing there, too. Just the fans will absolutely kill you if you don't uh, yeah. compete at your that's, highest level. Well, that's why I'm hearing he's pretty much gone. It's because the fan base is completely turned on him because but, of that that single series. So I will say, you were saying he doesn't have much work out there. He does play COD quite a bit. You'll see him streaming quite a bit, which, I mean, he has the right to do that, but... I mean, when you're playing yeah. the way you play, you gotta cut back on the cod and figure something out. So that reminds me too. Uh, in the last podcast, I say that's something you can fix, and then we won't talk about this too long. But free throws are something. If you're shooting like thirty percent, like me, a week ago, you can increase twenty percent in a matter of a week. Yeah. You're just shooting free throws an hour a day for a week. I, I'm already hitting like sixty percent, just working out like that. So. And I'm not an NBA player. Yeah. So there's no reason he can't he can't fix that. He's yeah. I mean he's gonna he's got the best shooters. I think he's even done some practices with that. I don't know. I can't remember Chris Brinkley, the one that's got the studio in New York, with the hoop in it, with the basketball, uh, the whole gym and like a skyscraper, like his apartment or whatever. Yeah. Where the guy? Yeah. I think he's been there. I've seen him practice with Bron. I mean, I, as much as I dog LeBron for the three, he's not afraid to take it. He's even when he's kind of cold. I wish Simmons had that more that uh, mentality. I mean, yeah, look yeah, at I Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook shoots like twenty three percent, but he'll still pull it and he hits them. I mean, he when he had the triple double where he had like forty two points, he still pulled the three to win the game. Right. I think you're dead on too. It's not that he won't even. It's not that he's not making them. It's that he's not even a threat to shoot it in the first place. So if he's hanging out on the line, you can cheat and, and collapse down on people coming to the hoop, or you can cheat on other players and double team yeah. and not worry about Simmons at all. Well, you don't even it have to guard him hoop. under the hoop from what we saw in the last game. <laughs> just right. Oh, my ball. goodness. I mean, what do you, <laughs> it's like you're playing I could four dunk that almost. I mean, I'm not trying to <laughs> yeah. say I'm an NBA player, but I can dunk the ball every once in a while. I think I could have dunked that. Yeah. Right, exactly. He's. It's not that he won't make them. It's that he won't even take them in the first place. That really hurts the team. That's right up there with Brandon Knight missing a free throw for game, missing the layup for game. That's right <laughs> up there with that. I mean, I know you I, forgot to mention him too in our previous. What did you say? We were talking about Pistons draft picks in the last decade. There's oh, yeah. another one that didn't pan out. I think, yeah, Brandon Knight, Stucky. <laughs> Yeah, that was our backcourt uh, at one point, Brandon Knight and Stucky. And just think about that, <laughs> Joe D. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Joe D for the bad boys, and then he won that championship. But after they won the championship, and he started to blow stuff up, he made some really bad decisions. Yep, he gets credit for me for that championship, but I think yeah. he did it. I think he backed into an accident partly. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, he did clamp up Jordan quite well those two years. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, as a player, he was great. As a player, he was awesome. Yeah, a lot of guys are good as players, but, I mean. Yeah. So. But. Yeah, yeah so that would be an interesting trade. I, w- I would be shocked to see Portland pull the trigger on that. I would it's I would not, not do Portland it. It's not Portland pulling the trigger. It's Dame forcing their hand. That's true. Portland does not want to pull that. Portland would have him. I'm not saying he will or not, but I'm saying they would be fine 
Not that they want it to end like this, but if he won no rings as long as he stayed in Portland, because they don't want him to leave. But yeah. I, I, I gotta see, because he's had Terry Scotts his whole time he's been there. I just want to see what a different coach could do. Because if yeah. you look at different, it's in different spots. It's been, I mean, look at Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr in Golden State. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Because Golden mm. State was like a four seed. Which is where Portland hangs out sometimes. They were like a fifth seed this year, and then they got well, Steve I've... Kerr in there, and then they started to tear everything up. Yeah, if you're Portland, you're kind of over barrel at this point because you don't have anything that you can trade to acquire a big piece to go next to him. If you are trading something, you're trading a piece vital to your team. You're either trading Nurkic or CJ McCollum, which you need both of those guys, right? You can't trade any draft picks because you're too good of a team. To get anything for him, you're not going to get anything free agency because Kawhi's not going to Portland. Kawhi's so what do you not do? Even leaving the Clippers, I mean, that's not an option for anybody. Yeah. Right. Uh, I so what do you do if you're Portland? You're kind of just well, in you're trouble. Kind of, you're kind of in what, like that Rockets position because they're building against. You know who's back next year, don't you? For for Houston? No, you Who? know who's back and going to be competitive next year. Who? Gold State is back. And I don't, I don't oh, care what yes. people say, but I mean, yeah. you're building to get, you're building to make your team better, but there, it, <laughs> it's kind of been this. I mean, the Lakers have filled that spot somewhat, but it's been fairly open since Golden State's been gone. Uh, yeah. We've been lesser competitive. I mean, well, but now they got the pieces, and they also have two draft picks to use. So people got to yeah, with- watch out. Yeah, Clay's back. Wiggins is playing the best basketball of his career by far. That team is. Wiggins geez. is a better Harrison Barnes, and they won with Harrison Barnes. Yeah, Wiggins playing out of his mind. I'm happy for that because I I was one of the guys that wrote him off and said he's done. Right. Anybody Before he came to Golden State. When you're in Timberwolves. That is why. <laughs> that is. True. I mean, when they say, and I know people might not like this term, but when they say poverty franchise, my first thought is always Minnesota. I don't care what people say. That is probably <laughs> the worst franchise in the league. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, well, I, I guess the Pelicans slash Hornets aren't much better, but I've at least seen some competitiveness out of them. Port. I mean, Timberwolves were competitive for like one year in two thousand four, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So And they don't have Zion yeah, the, Williams then. So the West should be interesting. There's not gonna be much for free agent the free agency should not shake up the rosters that much this no, year. DeRozan could be impactful somewhere, but I don't think that's enough to put anybody over the edge, even if he goes to LA as much as people wanna say that. I don't I don't trust A D. And that's not just because I don't like the Lakers. I just generally don't trust him, whatever team he's on, to stay there for the full time. Right. I think the only yeah. reason why he survived when they won the championship is because of the quarantine break. Yep. Yeah, so the the West is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And we'll see. Hopefully, I'm hoping Dame stay, sticks it out with Portland for at least a couple more one, years. I get. I mean, I said it the other day. I think if, if it's still bad this year, he might think about it. But I would give it this year. I'd see what Chauncey could do because, I mean, like I said, he's only had one coach. Scotts is there. Dame got came in the league in 2012, and Scotts was there. Hmm. Yeah, that's a bad situation if you're a trailblazer. Yeah, there's really nothing. You can, there's nothing you can do about it. If he's upset, there's no moves you can make. Oh no, no. The trailblazers are just. I mean, they haven't done anything since the 70s. I feel bad for Portland. One of the best fan bases in the NBA too. They always show up. Yeah, 
Nice so. arena. Yep. Good people. So. All right. Well, let's move on to the playoffs. I mean, they've been pretty good lately. I've been. I mean, I can't watch it because I don't have. I don't have ESPN or any of that. But I'm waiting for it to hit ABC for the finals. But what we have seen. Let's first talk about the Bucks and the Hawks. That's been really competitive. The Hawks are a way better team than I ever thought they were, especially this year. <laughs> I thought they were still building like Detroit was, but they are far from it now from the looks of it. Um, well, you know, you mentioned it last week. It's honestly, well, obviously, Trey Young has gone out of his mind too, but the role players like Herder have really, have really stepped up and John Collins is playing well. It's been like yeah. all those guys are playing the best basketball they've ever played. Now, now I still think they're gonna get crushed by the Bucks, but it, you're right; it's been a good series. Yeah, I, Collins. I'm questionable on Collins going forward because this is a contract year for him. So I'm wondering if his mm-hmm. numbers will drop next year because you know that's how it usually goes. Like if you remember Otto Porter Jr. a couple of years ago, when he was on the Wizards, was playing out of his mind, and then as soon as he got a contract, his points dipped ten points a game. I think he went that from is twenty two to like ten or twelve a game. Yeah, I hope Trey. that doesn't happen. I don't yeah, think obviously it will it'll with be Collins because Trey gives him the ball too much. But yeah, well, he is uh, restricted, so he'll be. We know he'll stay in Atlanta. I mean, they'd be crazy not to to, to batch whatever yeah. they get. But some of uh, the best free agents is here restricted. Yep, and that's why you're not going to see much shakeup in the rosters. No, because Lonzo's <laughs> you know? restricted too. Then they're not going to let Lonzo leave New Orleans unless it's just an insane contract. Yeah, bare minimum you're going to use as trade bait. You know, so yeah, sign and trade at the very least. Yep. So, yeah, that uh, I'm still even even when uh, you know Atlanta won Game One, I was still very bullish on the Bucks uh, yeah. because they played horrible defense in that first game, and they seemed to tune it up. And they're they're getting destroyed squad. on the pick and roll, though. They're a defensive squad. That shouldn't be. Happening. I know. I know. You That's know, what I was thinking. You I was got like, this PJ is a Tucker, Brooke Lopez is moderate defender. You got Drew Holiday, Giannis is defensive player of the year. I don't know why you would have an issue with that. Yeah, one thing they need to do too is just you know what they just need to bend, they just need to sit Brooke Lopez because all he's doing is hanging on the three point line. That's all he's going to do. Just play small ball. But the Get him pro- out of there. The problem is is their backup center, Bobby Portis, gets torched in pick and roll, so it's not much better yep. keeping at Bobby Portis. They're kind of – their bench is one of the weakest benches. It reminds me of the bench uh, like when I would get mad a couple of years ago, like in 18 and 19, when the Warriors had so much money in their starting lineup that they couldn't afford to pay the bench. And you had yep. guys like Iguodala and Livingston who were regressing, but they still didn't have anybody to help them. Right. That's how I see yeah. the Bucks bench. It's kind of weak, which could be an issue if they face the Suns uh, with Phoenix having the ability to close out tonight uh, and go to the finals. Because Phoenix is a lot deeper than, than the Bucks are. Because the Bucks are about seven deep, and the other ones are kind of iffy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to get more and more intrigued by the matchup. Remember, I one week ago I said five games for the Bucks if it goes finals for the Suns and the Bucks. And we're starting to see some of these weaknesses here with this Bucks teams, and they can be exploited with the pick and roll. Yeah, and Bucks don't change their ma- their uh, game plan. That's one of the things that uh, a lot of people dog Budenholzer on, including me, is he will not change his game plan. He says if it works, he runs it, and if it if they run it correctly, it's going to work every time. That's his ideology behind that, which is, I think, very stupid because that's easily to right. ga- easy to game plan for. 
Right. Uh, but it does help when you have three, uh, uh, I mean, I'd say d- defensive team type players on your roster. Uh, well, that's true. And it, it does make me pull my hair out when you have a player like Giannis and all you want to do is kick it out to your guys and shoot from the three point line, you know? Yeah. You know, you want to, you want to dominate inside if you're a team like, you know, Milwaukee, but Hey, they're winning games, but I agree. I, they, they do stick to their plans, even if it's a losing plan. Yeah. Uh, the Hawks, what's killing them right now on the points I, I put on the outline was, that their lack of wing defenders is killing them because they lost Hunter last round, and now mm-hmm. they don't have two people to guard. Because Bogdanovich can do an all right job on one, but you can either guard Holiday or you can guard Middleton. Who are you guarding? Because both will kill you. <laughs> and they'll murder you. Yeah. Yeah. Because Holiday had a good game the first time, so I assume they put Bogdanovich on Holiday, and then Middleton goes off for thirty-eight. So they're kind of, I don't know. I, I wish Cam Reddish was more. Uh, had progressed more than he has. He hasn't really shown much since he got in the NBA, but he used to be a pretty good defender in high school and in college. Uh, yep. And he's a good three-point shooter. I, I, I hope he does good going forward because I've got a few rookie cards here I'd like to sell eventually if he would uh, amount to anything. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm not trying to – I mean, that's not right to say amount to anything, but uh, we haven't seen a whole lot yet. He's kind of that. I mean, Seku's had better games than he's had. So, and we just yeah, it's interesting. So, I, I, I thought it would be paint play that it would be the demise of the uh, the Hawks in the series. But you're right. It's going to be Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday that put the dagger in the heart. Another thing that's going to kill Atlanta is Trey Young has a bone bruise and he's not as mobile as he can be. Uh, he's questionable tonight uh, for Game Four, and. Um, but one of Trey's things is he's kind of a quick, small guard, and he can get that floater up real quick. And that floater's deadly. He's got probably the best floater we've seen since Tony Parker retired. And um, he's killing Ah, Steph Curry's got a, that Curry floater where he throws it and almost hits the ceiling. That's, I mean, that would be the only two comparable guys to uh, this floater that Trey's got. But if he's not as quick... Uh, the pick and roll slows down, which is something they've been doing well with Capella and Collins. And mm-hmm. um, the floater, I mean, and the moves, he's not going to be as as mobile. And if Trey Young is not playing at 100%, and, I mean, they've already lost two games, but they're definitely not winning this series in any yeah. way if Trey can't play at at least 90%. Yeah, if he can't move, I bet you what you see, they tried the pick and roll, and he can't get through it, and he just steps back and he shoots deep threes. He's not right? going to be as bad as Harden was, but it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> oh. I expect him oh, to play, was- but... Yeah, yeah. So they shouldn't have never put him out there. But Harden sorry. was a decoy. He worked for Game Five in that in the Bucks Nets series. But after that, they figured out, hey, we don't need to guard this guy as much. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, uh, so if yeah, if Trey's badly hurt, this series is over. Now they're not going to win any more games. But right, if his mobility's gone, because then they're going to force him to shoot those deep threes all the time. Yeah. That 2019 draft class is looking really good right now with Aiton and Trey. And, I mean, Luka didn't really go deep in the playoffs, but everybody's already got him on such high esteem. That, there was some good picks in that draft. There's been some <laughs> 2019? Really 2019. And remind me who the Pistons drafted again? <laughs> who did they draft that? Was it Kennard? No, I think Kennard was 18. 
No, Kennard was okay. 17 all the way with... Uh, Holy cow, has it been that long? Yeah, because it was Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Jeff. Oh, did we not get a pick that year? That might be one of the years we traded our picks. We didn't get one. Oh, yeah, because Shea Gillis Alexander. Yeah, that's our pick. And uh, OKC right now. Yeah, that was our pick. I think we picked, I think we got Kyrie Thomas in the second round. I think that's – and Bruce Brown. Okay. It was a pretty good low-tier draft, honestly. Those were decent pickups, but they're Thanks, gone. Stan Van. Uh, no, that was right after <laughs> Stan Van left. Oh, okay. Because they fired him because the pick was traded away because of the Blake trade. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, wait, we were talking about 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, Bruce Brown and and uh, Kyrie Thomas. We didn't do too bad. That's a better draft than we have had in the past. And I've already went through it twice this this video, <laughs> this podcast. So I'm not gonna say it again. We already know, but uh, yeah. Uh, but that was, that's a really good draft. I mean, Shea Gildas hasn't had much uh, spotlight yet, but him and Lou Dort down in OKC are gonna be deadly too. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. But, really... You go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Was that Michael Porter Jr. draft too? Uh, so if he so he didn't play his first season, if you remember, yeah, that could that could have been. That's because of his back. That's injury. a monster draft, honestly, with everything that. Wow. Yeah. And I've really felt like this year. So last year, I was worried about the future of the NBA, and this year, those worries were put to rest with all the young guys yeah. that are stepping up and playing well. The the future is fine. We're gonna have superstars just like we always had. Yeah. And uh obviously I you know, Michael Porter Jr., I got a little love for him with my little Denver Nuggets love, but <laughs> but yeah. There's been guys that have been showing it and there's a guy guy right down in New Orleans at Zion that are because of the team's moves has had an inability to show it on a big stage yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which makes me I angry. Can... I think if he had made the playing game, they would have pushed into the second part of it. I think they would have been Who? playing the which Lakers. Which game? I'm sorry, which team? New Which Orleans. Team? Oh yeah. <laughs> if they had a halfway decent coach this year, I think they would have been. They would have been in there. They would have been pushing at the Warriors pretty hard. Yeah, we've we've talked about that, but there's no excuse for that roster not even making the playoff. That is inexcusable. Brandon Ingram and Zion scored the most points out of a duo this year, and they still didn't make the playoffs. I can't believe that. And I, you know, and we what's up for what three years of that. Four years of that? What? Stan Van? And his... Oh, Stan Van. They signed for five. He lasted one. I mean, he, <laughs> he didn't even make that draft, so he didn't even last one. He lasted like I thought about us, so the Pistons before that. But, yeah, he uh, – it was awful. I, I didn't get to watch much Pelicans basketball this year. You know, I watched highlights because, obviously, yeah. I love Zion. But uh, well, there's no there's no reason that to, that roster should not be a playoff contending team at minimum. If not a mid-tier playoff roster. They had to get Stan Van out there because if you, what happened in Detroit when they let him stay too long was the Blake Griffin trade, and that's sent us on a little bit of a spiral here in Detroit. But they yep. did the Eating right thing. And I, uh, I don't know who they're going to hire. I don't know whether they're looking at Becky Hammond or somebody else. I don't know who they're looking at. I haven't heard much out of Pelicans because we've already had uh, Chauncey sign, Car- Rick Carlisle sign Indiana, Jason Kidd to the Mavericks, Sudoka to yep. the Celtics. I don't know who's who's out there. You've all, I really hope, Dan Tony would not fit next to Zion. They're not going to bring Dan Tony in, so I don't get worried about that. But 
The old the fast break. I mean, if he can get off the three point line on his fast break and try to focus on pounding in the paint, I mean, that might work for Zion. Yeah. But I don't like D'Antoni that much. I hope not. I don't either. But he's out there. The old the hot rumor is too is that the Michigan faithful might lose their coach to the pros as well. Juwan Howard. Yep. There's a hot rumor going around that a lot of the NBA NBA teams are looking at him too. Well, I'm excited to see how he. I mean, they're talking this year that they might lose him. This off season, yeah, it's like that quick. <laughs> I don't think he'll go. Uh, not quite yet because they have the number one draft. They have the number one uh, recruiting class in the nation there at UVM this year. Yeah, he's going to want well, to see have, himself as long as through one in. season, I would say, because yeah. before it was still Beeline's roster, and now it's his roster. And he, for him to leave that, it would have to be quite a enticing job. Zion yeah, could and do that, reminds, but and in doing that, he'd probably go to a bad team and immediately destroy his coaching career, like Coach Beeline. Yeah. John uh, play. Uh, he coached. Uh, he was an assistant for Miami for about ten years, though, so he knows how to coach on the big level. Yeah. So I, I just, uh, I even a Spartan fan, but I like all the publicity that he's been getting here with all the big recruiting classes. And as long as he's that Michigan head coach, they're always going to keep bringing in top five recruiting classes year mm-hmm. after year after year after year. So he's a good recruiter, and he played there, so that adds to it as well. <laughs> And they got results. They won games. They won a lot of games. So. Yeah, they had, had um, livers at the end there. They might have made a deeper push. That was yep. a big issue this yep. year with livers uh, going down about, I think, prior to even the tournament, the Big Ten tournament. That sucked. But they were still competitive. And you've got Franz Wagner that could go anywhere from 7 to 10, maybe even as low as 15 in the draft. Yep. This is a deep draft. Yeah, it's a it's a good draft. And, got, and go ahead. Okay, and even as deep as it is, to me, Kate is head and shoulders clearly above everybody else. Yeah, right? and so <clears throat> I got to watch uh, before I went to bed the other night. I watched about a twenty-five minute highlight video, and the man can do anything. He can literally do anything. He's got the athleticism. He can get to the rim. He can shoot. I mean, it's amazing. I was watching him. I said, no way. Yeah. <laughs> he looked always, like, you know, a strong, small Ford out there playing at the point. Yeah, I've always seen edits of him in a piston jersey. And I was like, yeah, right. We're not going to get him. He don't give me any hope. And then they f- now we've finally lined up where we can get him. And I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. What it's so funny. Because the last one, you and I were in agreement. Yeah, we're going to get, hopefully, maybe we'll get Jalen Green. And I was hoping top it. four. I was hoping for, I was thinking, well, we'll get Suggs. Not that Sarge is horribly hit that monster shot in the tournament, but yeah, it didn't even cross our mind that we could get the number one pick. <laughs> well, I just didn't. I mean, I watched a video on the Jeff Lottery conspiracies today, and I'm not going to get into it that much. Besides, uh, if you want to really see con- conspiracy, look up the '85 Knicks uh, draft where they dented the the envelope and also i heard that they possibly had the envelope in a freezer to make it colder than the rest of them too i heard that today so oh without a doubt without a doubt that happened just look at okay so you're gonna tell me the year that the league owns the hornets and they need a new horner step up and buy them that was another thing that they were talking about yeah yeah with like a seven percent chance to get the first round pick they get it draft ad and then a buyer steps up no, that's not how it works. Well, the worst thing that I think I saw in the video, and I think it's even worse than the 85 draft, was when 
the Cavs got the first pick three times in a row. And the last time they got the pick, which was Wiggins, they had a 1.7% chance at the one pick. And that was the year that they knew LeBron was coming back to Cleveland, too. Yeah. And they they lined that team up so that they could get a team in line when LeBron came back. It looks like. I mean, if you believe that the conspiracy happened, that's how you think it lined up. Now, if you don't believe that, you go ahead and believe what you want, but... It does look a little suspicious when the last two first picks that they got, they had less than a 3% chance on both. Yeah. And Cleveland has overwhelmingly had the most first-round picks. And I think – go ahead. uh, You know what I think? See, I think it's – to anyone that's actually paying attention and watching these things, it's clear the NBA is manipulating the draft. I would seriously have no problem if they just come out and say, you know what? We're not going to have the, the 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 lottery anymore. We're just going to pick the spots based on where which t- which teams we think needs it the most, yeah. which teams will benefit from it the most. I would be fine with that. Don't lie to me <laughs> and act like this isn't act like this is a fair game. No, I'm glad the Pistons got the pick, but it is what interesting did they pay that our, for it. <laughs> what did they pay well, for? Well, right. I know Goris really wants to make the team a good team, and you know he's a new owner. He just built them a new arena and everything uh he paid rent he pays rent he didn't build that arena and red wings did but yeah he yeah well he's but he certainly has push in the nba right now and so would i be shocked to find out like 10 years down the road they come out with these videos the cade conspiracy would i be shocked to figure that out nope not well, one bit detroit as much as people dog them are probably top 10 franchise just based off of competitiveness all time because well, they're long... actually one of the big money makers too yeah and with us sucking that was probably bad for ratings in detroit i mean they're trying to get yeah. us a little bit better i think we're one of the high tier low market teams um yeah i would even put us at the bottom of a, a big market team we got we're mid-tier at the most yeah because we're not. Uh, they're, they're very. And if you actually. It's funny. You watch YouTube. They seem to be like the most popular franchise among yeah. YouTubers. Yeah. So. Another thing, uh, draft wise, rigged wise, is the fact that the Pelicans were getting ready to trade Davis. And then all of a sudden, here comes Zion when they had like a 7% chance at that pick. Mm-hmm. Again, 7 again. And they get it again. And they get it again. It's one of the things that yeah. I've heard lately that the Pelicans could possibly move out of New Orleans is because it is one of the worst uh, places for selling tickets, and the fans just do not care. That's Saints country. <laughs> they don't care about the Pelicans. Even with Zion there, they aren't really pulling people. It doesn't help when you got Stan Van there tanking ratings, but uh, <laughs> the Pelicans can yeah. move. They can move probably Vegas, honestly, and Zion and Vegas. Yeah, that would be a great. We could do one full. Two, I mean, we could do two hours on the league's manipulation on games. Like, I even firmly believe too that I don't believe they outright win. Well, I take that back. You could make an argument for the Sacramento Kings back in Weber's days that they completely stole that series from them. But other than that, I don't think they outright steal series. But I definitely believe if it's a close series, the, the league's going to push for Game Seven. They had a big hand maybe, in twenty sixteen. As a what I mean, I'm biased because I was on the Warriors side, but I saw a drastic change in the way the refs called Game Six and Seven once Draymond went out. Yep, I saw no, a I, drastic I, change. 
Yeah, and uh, Donahue, that disgraced referee, he shows how they do it. And uh, he, he made a great point. If you're giving one team, you know, 20 more free throws than another team, you're handing them all those points for free, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So, it's... <clears throat> so and there's only one time where I think they actually stole a series. And I don't know if you ever looked into that, but that series with the Lakers and the Sacramento Kings with Weber oh, yeah, and Vladdy Shaq was going... Right, Shaq was just doing what he wanted, and they weren't calling anything. Yep, and everything they did was getting called, and they still almost won the game, which is <laughs> crazy. My dad always talks about the Trailblazers in 2000, how Shaq was just running over Zabonis, and they weren't calling it. I don't know if anybody remembers Arvidas Zabonis, who's Dematis Zabonis' dad. Yeah, he was uh, amazing. They were running him over, and they were not calling anything. I mean, even yeah. I think nowadays he would have been – uh, suspended a couple games. Shaq would have when he uh, dunked on the guy and then pushed him off of him. That's a big highlight that everybody shows, and then he whips a ball at him. Uh, but that one, he bit, nowadays, that's something that gets you suspended. But they just boy, oh boy, it was showtime, so they let it happen. Yep. Yeah. So I definitely think there's a little bit of manipulation, and outside the Sacramento series, and yeah, you're right. I do remember hearing about that Portland series as well. Well, today, it's not, I don't think it's as easy now that they put that replay in. Although, uh-huh. there are times when calls seem blatantly obvious and they still miss it. Well, stuff gets right? spread. I mean, even like the Warriors, the one year, um, they, uh, the one where KD like took, he was like two feet outside of the line on a baseline and they didn't call it. I think it was against the Rockets in game seven. They didn't call mm-hmm. that. And that, I think they only won that game by like seven. So, that would have been a big swing. How about the flagrant that was on Jokic this year? And they went back and looked at the replay and still kicked him out of the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they had already lost that. That wasn't really series defining. No, it though. didn't affect the series, but I'm just, I was making the point that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. An MVP they were done. And he still didn't get the calls. I mean, not that that would have been a call. Yeah. It was just a, a hard foul. Flagrant one. Flagrant one. Because it was intentional downward force, which is what a flagrant one is, but not flagrant two. It was not excessive. Yeah. It was just a, um, uh, what is it called? A um, frustration foul. A little bit over the top, but not yeah. enough to kick you out of the game. Well, he was certainly going for the ball as well. It was obvious. Yeah. But, yeah. Nuggets will be competitive again next year. Michael Porter is starting to really move it up, and then you have Jamal Murray. Well, Murray will be back, and hopefully with Millsap off the books next year. Is he gone? They'll pick up. Are they gonna... Yeah, he's off the books. Are they going to re-sign him? Um, I don't think they really need to. They got Bobo if they would use their brain a little bit. I think what you, I think where they're really hurting. Well, no, they've got Murray now. So yeah, they might. They might if they can't get a decent. I would like to see Bobo and Taco Falls go somewhere else, not on the same team. I'm not saying I want a just a monster backcourt like that. I'm not saying it would be monstrous because I don't have faith that Taco's a starting center, but I think he's a good backup 10-minute game guy that they're misusing when they actually need a center in Boston. But Well, not anymore. Can the fans Al love Horford, but That's right. They just picked up Al Horford. Who is, was that Al Horford? Did Al Horford go out to Boston? I heard he just Yeah, for Kimball Walker. They got rid of Kimball. That's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that was OKC that got Kemba, right? Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna move him at um, the draft. Could move him at the draft. That's something to look Did, out for. 
You know what they're probably going to do? Pick up even. Do you know that they have like 15 draft picks for the next four years? They own 10 first round of this year's draft. <sighs> that team, that's what I want. That's what Troy Weaver is doing with us. That's what, that's what I want. With my franchise doing that, I want draft picks if I'm a bottom team, and I want as many as I can get. And you know they've picked up Kemba Walker just to trade him. Yeah. They're not going to run him. They can't. Well, it gets contract. It gets money off the books too. But um, Kemba, I, I don't know. I don't, the thing is, with having all those picks though, with uh, with the Thunder, if you get drafted in them, you're gonna kind of feel like you're gonna be like, man, why did I get drafted there? Are they even gonna sign me? Like, if you're a second rounder, what are they gonna do <laughs> with you? They can't keep everybody. They've yeah, got they're going to the G League. With, like twelve, they probably. Uh, I'd say about. 10 other guys are set, so you only got about five spots open on that roster. Right. And you. The nice thing about that, too, is you get those cheap rookie contracts, too. Right? You're not paying bench players $12 million a year. Oh, yeah. They, they have a G League with half of play. They have a G League <laughs> with players from the next two drafts, just straight new players. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, if I'm rebuilding the team, I, I want to do it. How do OKC's doing it? And how OKC Detroit's doing it? Yeah, kind of taking the town in the draft plat in the draft lottery though, because they went they were supposed to be top four uh, right at that four spot that Toronto got, but they ended up being at at six. Kind of sucks at for six? them. But, yeah, I mean they they've got it coming eventually. They'll they're gonna be they're gonna be in a good spot. Um. But yeah, let's talk about yeah. the Suns and Clippers. Unless you've got something else for you that you're nope. thinking. I'm ready. I'm ready for Suns and Clippers. That's a three one series. I think it'll be done tonight. But I mean the Clippers could up could put up a fight. Uh the Suns have really been especially Chris Paul since he's been back that first game and then Booker, they killed him with the mid range. Actually he's been back two games. Uh that, that yep. he really heated up that second game. Killed him with that mid range. And I like seeing the mid-range get used because the analytic guys hate the mid-range. That's uh, exactly where I was going to go. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's – if it's if you hit like Chris Paul, he had that one dirty move where he went uh, between his legs and got that spacing for the mid-range on uh, Paul George and Zubak. And he, he just drains them. And so does Booker. Booker, even with, he figured out how to play with the mask in that second game, game four. And uh, he's just killing it too. And well, Aiden, you know, here in Detroit, we love those masks. Oh yeah, <laughs> Rip Hamilton. There's nobody that'll wear the mask like Rip, though. I don't think any. There's people, they talk about Brown with the mask on, but no, nah, you can't. Best person ever wear the mask was Rip, just because of how long he wore it and just he consistently kept it on. It's not years like and years. Took it off. Sorry, I distracted you. Though you were talking about Booker uh, figuring out the mask. But yeah, Booker did talk to Rip actually about the mask, about how to wear it. Um, but uh, Booker's killing it. Um, really, the big thing in the series, I just see the Clippers can't finish the game late. Paul George keeps missing his free throws, and the Clippers also uh, in either I think it was yeah the last game I think in game four they were zero for twelve and uh, times when they could have took the lead zero for twelve on shots in the fourth quarter when they could have took the lead. So they just. Yeah, without Kawhi, and the, the funny thing is, I, I think they have a really good bench too. They have a good, I think they have a good solid squad and a good bench, but it's just not enough without Kawhi Leonard, because no. everyone's focused on Paul. And if Man's not out of his mind like he was, then what do you do? Yeah, 
I don't know about Terrence, man. He might be he might be a good uh, six man. Yeah, but but he was and, and then that game like, in. I don't know. Maybe you like see how maybe he's one of those guys where you put him in the sec end of the first and the second. If he starts going off, you just leave him in or um, right. Just see, kind of Jordan Clarkston esque to me. Like the way Clarkson plays for Utah off the bench. Yeah. Just not enough firepower for for the Clippers right now. No. Right? And they don't have anyone to shut down they Booker or Paul. They don't have a There's... leader. Even Kawhi's out there. Nobody's really vocal besides Patrick right. Beverly. And Patrick Beverly's more just gibberish. I mean, there's no real rhyme or reason between, behind what Pat Beverly <laughs> says. Most of it's trash talk. He's always talking. Yeah. They don't really hear. I mean, that's why Kawhi did so well in the Spurs and in the Raptors. Because in the Spurs, you had Duncan and Parker and Ginobili, who could be the leaders on the team. And when he went to Toronto, you had Kyle Lowry. But when he's in the Clippers and he's supposed to be that guy, he's not really. I mean, Kawhi's never been vocal. That's not something you're really going to ask him to do. It just that's kind of what they need, and he's not that guy. Yeah, and Reggie's kind of cooling off. And obviously with Chris Ball coming back, that's going to contribute to that. There's just – I don't see a way out for the Clippers. I don't I don't know what they can do to pull – I mean, Paul George could put up 50, and I still think they lose. Yeah. And a little side note, everybody keeps dogging the Pistons for Reggie Jackson, too. It's like, come on. He's like the third option on this team. That's why he's doing so well. It's because nobody's <laughs> openly guarding right. him. What we we suffered through Reggie for three years, turning the ball over, jacking up shots he shouldn't be well, I shooting. Thought he was a star. That was the problem. He knows he's a role player yeah. on this team. Right. Get, they are dogging yeah. the Pistons. I don't get it. We get the first pick, and then all of a sudden we get a big target on us. It's shaped exactly like our logo. Reggie didn't do anything for us. He won nothing. He did. Our, he had his moments. I mean, the game I went to against the Bucks, he was the best player. He had twenty five and nine, but that was like his only good game that like month. Listen, think about this. I don't even think he was averaging over twenty, was he? He wasn't. I think he was about nineteen and a half. Yeah, he wasn't averaging twenty. He wasn't. He wasn't that great of a playmaker. And are you going to pay him $25 million when it comes time for his contract? No. No. He did once. I mean, we paid him like yeah. 50, I think two-year so, 50. Yeah. So if anyone tells that, I was like, are you going to pay that guy $25 million? I didn't think so. I'm yeah. not either. So get off our backs. Well, the Clippers are in a bad position next year, too, uh, after Kawhi signs and the, the year after that because they signed Morris to a four-year, $54 million contract, and they signed Kennard to a four-year, about $54 million. So they've got two guys on the book that are kind of nice accent, nice accent pieces, but not really guys you want to throw a ton of money at. Maybe more more Morris than uh, Kennard, but I don't know what they did there. Yeah. I don't. Uh, Lawrence Frank's the GM, and he was an ex-Pistons coach, which he didn't do a lot with the Pistons, but... He's made some good yeah. moves, but those are two bad moves, in my opinion, contracts. Well, well you're right. Kennard is extremely situational. When D-Book comes back out on the court, they immediately had to pull Kennard off the floor. Yeah. And so you're going to – You're going you can never, you're never going to make it in this league if you're a detriment. That's why Ben Simmons is going through his whole thing right now. And we're back – we made it full circle again, but – yeah, that's because Ben Simmons is a detriment. You can't be a detriment in the NBA. You have to be at least 
uh, over, you have to be at least above average in every single thing that you do. You have to be in every category. You may be great in other categories, but you have to be at least above average in every category to stay in the league nowadays. Yeah, and that's why I could kind of understand the Morris signing. Yeah, that's news. Morris is fine. He's just kind of inconsistent, and then yeah, here nor there. Um, but the 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 Canard one is the one that really shocks me, right? I'd maybe sign him for like eight to ten million. Not, I'm not giving him that much money. Well, the biggest, for all those years, the biggest thing was is that was after like two games played for them, they gave him that contract. <laughs> I mean, if you do it at the end of the season, it looks kind of dumb, but at least you're thinking towards the future, maybe he's there. But you do it after two games in the middle of a season, that just really, that's just not, I just laugh because we got Sadiq Bay right now and he's out there, can't even play during the crunch time. Yeah, they, right, he can do everything Kennard can do, plus more. Did we get our pick back for that? Was that our pick originally? Which one? From the Clippers, was that our pick originally that we traded back for to draft Sadiq, or was that the Nets pick? I I don't remember what pick that was exactly. I obviously we talked about this last week, but I I definitely feel like we fleeced them on that one, and we did. Yeah. <laughs> so, so again, shout out Troy Weaver, the man. He's a genius. I've never. So. I've honestly, I mean, I'm biased because he's in Detroit, but I've never seen a GM do what he's doing with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I haven't even seen Sam Presti, the one in OKC, who he learned under. I haven't seen him do moves like Troy Weaver has done. Well, yeah, we said this last week too, but it's like you're playing franchise mode. And you got to turn down the easy, and you're just getting whatever trades you want. That's what. That's what, and then yeah. and then you get the draft pick you want too. That's what Troy Weaver's doing. He's like, have a second <laughs> rounder. Why not? Just take one. Take a second <laughs> rounder with D Rose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Very pleased. The Pistons' future is so bright. I know you're excited. I, I'm. I yeah. can't wait to go watch Cade play next year. Yeah, we're gonna have to go to a game. Yep, I'm going for one. I already. I'm. I'm saving up. I don't know which one it'll be. Maybe we'll try to make it the Nuggets one. Yeah, that that would be a hoot. Yeah, we'll buy them way in advance if that happens. Yeah, so. Seat Geek. Shout out Seat Geek. That's what I use every time. Yeah, we'll check them out, but. Yeah, Troy Weaver's the man. Pistons are in good shape. And those two signings, I think uh, Morris is better than Kennard. I still think they'd pay a little much for him. Well, yeah, but Morris but is Kennard at least a starter. Morris is a starter. Yeah, at least play defense, money. too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Dumb moves. Yeah. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, I guess. And that prize is another exit here. At least I made it to the conference finals this time. <clears throat> are they Are they for sure? Is Kawhi for sure going to keep his option and stay in? LA. Is yeah, that a for sure deal? It doesn't look that probable that he's leaving. It doesn't. Although, I, okay, almost for him, I, realistically, if I was him, I'd be looking to move on, but I don't know. He likes LA. That's where he's from. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's a, it's not like the NFL used to be where there's a San Diego franchise where I think he's tech. No, where is he from? I think he's from a suburb of L.A., so, yeah, he doesn't really want to move out of L.A. because that's home. I don't like know. Like that. Yeah, so, well, that's good for them, and they'll win games in spite of some of the bad decisions they make. Superstars can make bad franchise moves look good. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's pretty well what we've got for this week. Uh, thanks for Thanks for doing this again. 
Hey, it was fun. Go Pistons. Yeah, go Pistons. <laughs> All right, well, uh, for everybody who's listening, if you're on YouTube, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on the podcast platform, Spotify and all those, I'm not sure all the ones I'm on, to be honest. Uh, but thank you for watching. You guys have a nice week.